Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about the actual roots of your high cortisol. Stress isn't the only thing that's raising your cortisol levels. And we all remember that a lot of the anxious feelings that we could be feeling could be coming from increased cortisol levels along with the adrenaline, but cortisol plays a big part in how you are feeling. So let's take a look today at those other roots of high cortisol. The first one on my list, you know this was coming, was caffeine. Like, yes, caffeine is on the top of the list because caffeine raises cortisol significantly. If you are having caffeine over and over throughout the day, even in small amounts, I want you to consider letting it go. You are adding more and more fuel to your anxious fire. And it is so important for you to remember this because we take caffeine for granted. Just because it's legal, over-the-counter, everybody's doing it, doesn't mean that it's the right thing for you. You don't have to stay away from it forever. I drink caffeine now. It's okay. I don't have a lot of it, but I can have caffeine now. But I didn't have caffeine and I'm a coffee drinker. I didn't have regular coffee for like 10 years, maybe even longer. So it's okay. Give it a try. You don't probably don't have to do it as long as I did. Who knows? You're going to experiment. You will know when you've been off caffeine and then you add it back in, you're going to feel it. But you don't feel it right now because you have been having it on a regular basis. So also check into things such as chocolate, many medications, and all of those energy type drinks on the market have caffeine in them. So you want to read the labels carefully. If you're struggling with long-term chronic anxiety, you want to limit any caffeine that is raising your cortisol. The next one I have is alcohol. Alcohol increases cortisol even more than stress. People report not only the hangover as a cause of their panic attacks, and often that is the entryway to the first panic attack for many people, but some report alcohol even in small amounts causing anxiety and panic to rise rapidly when they are drinking. And this may have to do with the dissociated feelings that they get when they, when they have alcohol, but also to the fact that alcohol raises your cortisol levels. So we want to pay close attention and not assume that the initial effect of alcohol taking us down a few notches and maybe numbing you out if you drink enough of it, but we want to pay attention to what it is also going to do to our cortisol level, and that is to raise it and cause many people to have panic attacks and not even just increased anxiety, but actual panic attacks at the time of drinking or the next day in the hangover phase. The next one is insulin. Your own body's insulin raises your cortisol. So anything that raises our insulin is also raising our cortisol levels. 
what raises insulin is blood sugar issues. You could have a problem with your insulin being too high, but we also want to pay attention to our sugar intake because the glucose in our diet is what triggers how much insulin is released. So we want to see what we're eating on a regular basis to see if this could be something that's lurking underneath that we've not paid attention to that we haven't been aware of. And now we can do something about it. Insulin goes up, which is in response to the level of sugar in our bloodstream. Glucose is absorbed from our gut into the bloodstream when we eat food, raising blood glucose levels. This rise in blood glucose causes insulin to be released from the pancreas so that the glucose can move inside the cell and be used. So it would be a word to the wise to see what foods you might be eating that could be raising your insulin, and those would be the foods with high sugar content. Sugar is another place that we don't think of immediately as having anything to do with our anxiety. And you don't need to have, you know, severe sugar dysregulation. You don't need to be diabetic or anything like that in order for this to be happening. It's important to take a look at your regular daily intake and see if you have added sugar that you can remove. See if you have simple sugars and refined foods that you can remove and see if it makes a difference for you. It's really worth the effort to experiment and see how you can feel better. The next one is insomnia. Insomnia raises cortisol substantially. Lack of sleep is stressful. It's stressful to your body and causes an increase in cortisol release so that you can now start to see the downward spiral that can happen. When we are lacking sleep and tired, we reach for a cup of coffee to rev up or a sugary treat to give immediate sugar energy or simple carbohydrates to calm us back down again. I just talked about both insulin and caffeine as being detrimental to us as far as our cortisol levels, so you can see how this downward spiral can continue. So how is it that we feel when cortisol is released in our body? Now, people who are sensitive to their own cortisol know this feeling in the morning because our highest level of cortisol is in the morning. It it releases to wake us up to get the body going. And many people are so sensitive to it that that is their trigger into a bit of anxiety or even a feeling of panic. So The cortisol is the primary stress hormone. As this surges, when we perceive danger, and it causes all the symptoms that we associate with fight or flight, increased blood pressure, increased heart rate, muscle tension, digestive system coming to a screeching halt, resulting in feelings of nausea, even vomiting and diarrhea. It appears that many people correlate regular cortisol surges that come from either lack of sleep or alcohol or caffeine or stress and feel it in a way that triggers them to remember an anxiety or panic attack and confuse what is happening to them. Rather than feeling just a cortisol surge, which you can ride out, they associate the surge and the feelings with having a panic attack. And this can be a driver for many people to feel and have more high stress, 
anxiety, and panic attacks than someone who is not making the same association. Other symptoms include but are not limited to things like asthma, seasonal allergies, respiratory complaints, dizziness, depression, extreme tiredness after exercising, frequent urination, insomnia, low blood pressure, low blood sugar, poor circulation, and weight gain. All of this from too much cortisol being released. I'm sure this sounds very familiar to some of you. It's important to break out of the cycle of the body and mind connecting cortisol release with panic attacks and high anxiety. So what are we going to do? Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Well, going back to the beginning of our episode, we want to look at the major influences on our cortisol levels and start by eliminating things. Eliminating caffeine, eliminating alcohol, controlling our insulin by eliminating the simple sugars and the processed carbohydrates and adding in instead things like fibrous foods such as vegetables and fruits, whole grains, nuts, and seeds. Of course, this is all very good nutritional advice to begin with, but we can't say it enough. Now, you'll also want to get back to the good old days of sleep, by getting enough sunlight early in the day. Your nighttime sleep depends on when your eyes see sunlight in the morning. It's very important to have your eyes have bright light, hopefully sunlight if you live where you can, or if your schedule allows you to see bright sunlight in the morning. But if not, turn on as many lights in your house as you can and have them be overhead lights if you can. That really helps also. And if you need to, you may want to purchase some sunlight lamps so that you can mimic the bright light in the morning inside your house. You also want to eliminate light from your screens at night. Now, I know that we have talked about this many times, but talking about it and having people do it are two different things. So if this is maybe just a little reminder to you, you might want to try it. Eliminate the light from your screens at night. 
and especially at least one hour before you go to bed. So you don't want to be in front of the screen. So what are you going to do? Well, you could read a book from a low light lamp and enjoy it with a real book. It's okay to let the screens go for a little while while you get back on track. Again, this won't have to be forever. Some people can do screens right up until the time they go to bed doesn't bother them. But if you are having a difficult time sleeping, you'll really want to do the things that can get you back on track and then reassess later on. Another thing is to make sure that your bedroom is as dark as possible. And this means no lights from clocks or phones too. Please put your phone in the other room. I have had clients report to me that actually moving the phone out of the bedroom, even though they said they weren't looking at it at night, moving the phone out of the bedroom helped them to sleep better. Experiment and see what works for you. But if you are not sleeping well, it's worth a try to do all of these things and see what is helpful. Also remember, no caffeine, none whatsoever. No chocolate, no green tea, no black tea, no Chinese tea, no kind of tea. No matter how healthful it is considered to be, if it has caffeine in it, it isn't good for you right now. Again, get back on track and then experiment later on and see what little bits you can add in. But if you're not sleeping through the whole night, I would eliminate all sources of caffeine and then reassess later on. You could also use melatonin if needed. It's been found to not only be helpful for sleep, but with many other health things also. So I would definitely give melatonin a try. I have many episodes uh, in the back catalog on sleep. So you could listen to episode 183, episode 325, episode 343, and I'm sure there are others, but those are, I think, the oldest ones. And finally, we want to make sure that you have added in meditation or prayer time where you are teaching your mind and body how to settle down during the day so you are not constantly on the go. We have to teach our mind and body how to do this. And we can do it by having a 10-minute prayer or meditation time where we build on that and go forward. And I have to say, if you can't do 10 minutes, do 5 minutes. And if you can't do 5 minutes, 1 minute. Do one minute and add a minute every week. This is a lifelong practice. There is no rush. If you need to start with one minute today and add a minute a week, it's okay. You'll get there. We don't have to hurry. But many people can start at 10 minutes. So give that a try. I have many episodes where I talk about meditation, so I won't go into it deeply here. But please, if you haven't added it yet, experiment with it and let your mind and body enjoy the few moments of just being. Another thing that you'll want to be doing is to slow down. Actually, slow down. We move throughout the day from one thing to another, often without much thought about what we're doing and where we're going and what we're going to do next. So I really would love to have you try slowing down, even physically. When you move slower, 
you may notice that your mind starts to slow down a little bit too. So use your body to guide your mind to slow things down. This doesn't have to be at a snail's pace, of course. We all have many things to do and we will accomplish the things we need to. But I have really found in my own life that I do well by going slower, by being more aware and cognizant of what I'm doing versus just moving from one project to the other because it was on the list. But by simply paying more attention to what needs to be done and what I can do in any given amount of time, being able to refresh and rest makes for much easier work when in our work day. This also means that we want to add mindfulness to the day where we're actually paying attention on purpose as if it really matters, and it does really matter. We are not machines. Then we don't need to be living like that, and we can pay attention to what we're doing. And doing things purposefully changes the flavor of the day. And speaking of flavor, why not savor your day? Why not savor what you are doing, what you are eating, where you are going, what you are seeing, pay attention. And that finally leads us to gratitude and to reconnect with your deep inner essence. Write down those gratitudes. Let those gratitudes grow as you write them down and see them with your own eyes and smile when you see them and you get to enjoy them again as you write them down. You know, I love keeping a gratitude journal So if you haven't started one, it's a great time to just jot down daily three to five things that you are grateful for. Letting yourself enjoy the life that you are living versus racing through it. I hope this show has been helpful for you. And I hope that when you put some of these practices into play, you'll begin to notice that the cortisol levels will no longer be spiking to the place that they are signaling to your mind that there is danger or a problem and that you must respond immediately. If we can get our body to help us get out of our anxious head, let's do it. These are things we have control over. Please let me know how you're doing. I always love hearing from you. And now for today's quote. Set peace of mind as your highest goal and organize your life around it. And that's from Brian Tracy. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at theanxietycoachespodcast.com. 